Hey, Dog Walk listeners, you can find every episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. All right, Ben Mang, today's Tuesday. It's August 23rd. Welcome to the Dog Walk presented by Barstool Sports. It's Eddie and Chief. Chief, how are you? How was your weekend? How was uh, everything else in your life? Loaded question to start your day. I'm not going to give you an honest answer. So <laughs> I appreciate the weekend that. was good. It was yeah. great. It was a great weekend. Um, but yeah, it's like you know, dying days of summer now. <laughs> and uh, you know, I I'm both like mourning it, but I'm Mister Fall, so well, I'm like getting ready. What mentally. do you think about the people who give honest answers? Typically, I like them, but I don't think anybody wants to hear an honest answer to a question like that. Yeah, that's, that's to, what I yeah. mean, specifically to a question like that. Yeah, just you know, give the give the answer that allows us all to just move on with our day. I don't want to hear about your problem. Yeah, yeah. I think it's also specific to how well you know the person. Yeah, and if it was genuine. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So if it's a if it's like a coworker, and it's someone or whatever, you're somebody you know your acquaintances with, and they ask you how your weekend was or how, how how's it going, you're just like. It's good, thanks. Yeah, how, how are you doing? And then they should have to give you the exact same answer that you gave. I remember I was at a bar. I was at a, I was at the grocery store with a couple of buddies in college, and we saw. This is not funny. I'm not laughing at this. What happened? Because obviously it's very serious and fucked up. But like it just, it it's it goes with this conversation. We saw a guy who bounced at the local bar, mm-hmm. and. I'm sorry, I can't. I can't laugh while I tell a story. But they're like, I don't even know what it is. Right, I'm sorry so, to laugh. So he was buying this guy. Like everyone kind of fucked with him because he had a cat. Like whatever. Okay. And so he was buying like uh, he's buying kitty litter. Mm-hmm. And you know we saw him like, oh, what's up, man? How are you? Like, uh, how's everything? Oh, yeah, you know everything's fine. Just getting some stuff for the cat, and you know everything's good. Besides, uh, my boyfriend, my sister's boyfriend, beat the fuck out of her again. And we're like, whoa, <laughs> dude. Like, and that's what I mean. Like, not not funny. Very serious. Very. But it was serious. just like. Like I was not that, prepared for that in the grocery yeah. store, you know? Yeah. So that's what I mean, where it's like people... Uh, yeah, in that situation, you just say, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It was very much like it was jarring. We're you know, good. like I was not prepared to walk past the Rice Krispie Treats and hear that. <laughs> you know, it was a lot. But I hope she's okay. I hope she's okay. And that, Disclaimer, and, obviously. And then that, that guy got punished uh, I did, adequ- yes. adequately. Yes. And I hope the bouncer who told me that has closer people to talk to than me walking I hope past so too. the yeah. aisle. Right. You know? Yeah. He, that's, you just, you don't share yes. that information. So now you see why I was yes. laughing, but yes. it's not a laughing matter. Correct. Um, regardless, I uh, hope everybody's doing well. Hope everyone had a good weekend. We all, So it's kind of weird, I know. We pre-record the drafts the week before because a lot of editing goes into them yep. and whatnot. So the, we always treat these like a Monday, and people are always like, "Ah, it's Tuesday, man! Like, why are you guys always having these?" Like, you know, I've never thought about that. I did, I thought about that. Yeah, but, but there you're you hundred percent accurate. Yes. Yeah. So this is always like our kind of like our Monday morning Little conversation recap. too. Yeah. 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 Um, where we get into other stuff. Uh, so yeah, I hope everyone's doing well. Hope everyone's settling in with a couple more weeks of uh, summer. Which I know Chief is excited about, but um, before I, we really... I got an interesting DM or a text the other day, Whoa. and this is one of those things I feel like you will say no to, but I'm going to put the offer out there anyways. You want to uh, have the boys go out and take some sailing lessons for uh, stool scenes content, and then we can do a sailing little sailing race around the lake. What is it? What goes into that though? I don't know. I show up and get on a boat and like, pull, pull. Am some I going to have to be like? You're yeah, going to be like, holding Danny's head back as he pukes over the side. Is it like fucking working the cables? Like, is my upper body going to be yeah, sore? Yeah, I hope so. 
Well, I don't know if well, I want to do like, that. I don't think it's great content if we're just out for a day sale, like a couple of my ties in our hands. Well, that's what I mean. Like, if you're, telling me to, if you're telling me to spin a wheel, yeah. I got in. Okay. But if you're telling me I got to be fucking pulling the levers, I don't know if I'm in. We'll have, uh, but for content, I'm probably in. Okay. So the girl's name, she's in my phone, is Katie Sales. So we'll call Katie Sales, and uh, we'll that. figure out the way to how we're going to manage this. But I feel like that would be a fun time. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, yeah, Katie Sales. Shout Katie out to her. Sales. Katie S A I L S, not S A L E S. Correct. She's not, no, selling, she's not anything. selling anything yes. except for she's maybe sales. sailboat memberships. Mark me down as a maybe. <laughs> okay. Mark me down as a maybe. Um, but I mean, speaking of sailing, mm-hmm. not really speaking of sailing at all. Speaking of like events, mm-hmm. if you want to get out there and go do something before the summer's over, the Game Time app is there for you. We were just talking, so I September third is a big day, huge day, and. We got Notre Dame playing Ohio State in Columbus. So if you're in that area, you can get on game time for that. If you're sticking around Chicago. You don't give a shit about college football. The Lumineers are playing at Wrigley Field. Beautiful. And I I don't know if – I feel like sometimes Lumineers get, like, hate. I love the Lumineers. I think the Lumineers are great. They're that band that has, like, a couple more songs than I realized. You know? Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Ophelia, like Cleopatra, on? all those kind of stuff. Yeah, you know. hey-ho, ho-hey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So go see the Luminaires or go take that drive to Columbus. I mean, I know tickets are expensive, but the best spot, if you're going to see a drop, if you're going to just constantly keep an eye on them. Game time. Use the Game Time app. Yep. Honestly, it's the best spot to do it. It's the exclusive ticketing partner, Barstool Sports. Game Time is a ticketing app that makes it easier than ever to score last-minute deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows, and they guarantee the lowest price. Uh, download the Game Time app, go to the account tab to create a login and redeem code DOGWALK for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Download game time, last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. You know what I decided to? What? Speaking of game time and just life in general, about the comment about how your weekend was, mm-hmm. I'm just going to start doing more shit. I'm always worried about the future and like putting money away and doing things the right yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know what? Who needs money? Yeah. Fuck that. I'm going to spend it and have some memories and have a good time. And I thought about doing the Columbus thing. Couldn't make it happen. If it wasn't, you know, like I'm just going to use – point is I'm going to be on game time a lot more. I've been using it all summer, but I need to make a concerted effort to get out to events that I want to go to, and game time is the best thing for that. See, I know we've had conversations too where, you know, you have the you have the black mirror, like would you want to know, would you not want to know, the Matrix, blue pill, red pill. Mm-hmm. I feel like little shit like that where it's like how much money should I really be spending like should be – would be something that would just help everybody. Yeah, you know? like if there is like, like a, a for like an equation. Yeah, like yeah. they're like, dude, like there probably is. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah. they're like, dude, just you could spend that. You can spend that, and it's like I I was talking to some of them. They're like, oh, like what are your hobbies? And I'm like, well, I don't have any. <laughs> like I, I don't have any hobbies, and like the only thing that I really like my vice because I'm not like a big drinker. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I, I like to gamble a little bit. And yeah. it like gives me, you know, so I've been doing that, you know, Saturday mornings here for, for soccer and I've enjoyed that, but it's one of those things where it's just like, Hey, like I got to start not caring about being responsible as much. Fuck being responsible. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it'd be so embarrassing to die with money in your bank account. Could you imagine? <laughs> Who's going to, who wants that? Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to give it to Harry? Fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, we do have a topic today though. We do. Uh, based out of San Francisco, yep. A story that broke two weeks ago or so. Maybe. Yes and yes and no. I mean, it's been it's probably broken f- three times. It's just recirculated more recently. But 
It's a story of William Howard Hughes Jr., which quite the name. Um, but he was originally from uh, from Washington. His dad was in the aviation industry, and then he joined the Air Force. And then he, in 1983, he just poof, up and vanished. And then they found him in 2018. And uh, and that story just kind of got recirculated a couple of weeks ago. But it is kind of just like, uh, I don't know. It's just like, it's like an interesting story about like the military and the human condition and like the period of time. So it kind of went a little viral. Uh, and we're going to talk about it here. There we go. Yep. Um, I feel like he's just got to be Will Hughes. He can't be William Howard Hughes. I feel like anytime you're you're infamous, they throw your middle name in there. Yeah. And if you know, we talked about Howard Hughes on this show as a, as yeah. a what they do, and uh, and so if you're like that, has to be intentional. Like the dad's last name is Hughes. He worked up in Seattle, the aviation air industry, which you know Howard Hughes was huge in aviation before he lost his marbles. And um, so I feel like the dad's just like, I'm going to name you after my favorite industry, the thing I built my life on, Howard Hughes. Mm-hmm. So I think it just has a nice little ring to it. Will Hughes, Bill, well, yeah, Billy I, Hughes. Obviously, I know what they're going for, yeah. but it's like. Although he is a junior, so maybe. Yeah, yeah. but like you got to be uh, such a ball. Like, the, yeah. like Kevin Michael Jordan, you know, it's like just be just be Kevin Jordan. Kevin Jordan. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Yeah. No, I think that's a fair point. You're you're setting yourself up for something there. Yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Or it's like the an office space where the guy's name built, you know. Yeah, it, Billy uh, Joel? Michael Bolton. Michael Bolton. Yeah. Michael Bolton. Yeah. So. Michael Bolton. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what a great fucking movie. Yeah. Um, all right, where, where are we so, kicking off? Yeah. So this guy, it was an interesting story, and I think it was interesting basically just because of the period of time. Okay. So this was this guy, uh, Will Hughes, was yeah, born in, like I said, Pacific Northwest. Decided to join the Air Force and was in the Air Force for ten years. So he joined in seventy three. And he had, was having a successful career. So he got moved to uh, Kirkland Air Force Base, which is right near Albuquerque, New Mexico. Rose to the rank of captain. Uh, had been given you know, top secret uh, access. So he was like a riser in the Air Force, like doing good work. And he was working on these uh, missile systems in, uh, for NATO. So it would be like it was missile defense systems. And then also like missile or sorry, missile alert systems. So missile defense. And then also like the, you know, sending out systems and programming to send missiles to Moscow and every fucking where else to, if, if it, if it came to it, he was in charge of that shit. So he's been doing this stuff for 10 years. They send him uh, in like a special envoy, uh, like a a short program over to the Netherlands, which, you know, NATO nation Mm -hmm. to, help them with similar things. And so he left um, and he was going to be there for a little, he goes over to the Netherlands. He works over there and he was due to return to Kirkland air force base on August 1st, 1983, never came back, never came back. And so he, you know, so they start doing this investigation and this was like headline news, like the Chicago tribune had it. Uh, this it was a story kind of all over the country in 1983 because it was like, where the fuck is this guy? And the reason it was such a story was because that was the last time it felt like we were on like a razor's edge in terms of the Cold War and nuclear disaster. So going back to 1983, you know, Ronald Reagan was a president. Ronald Reagan was a very hard line anti-communist 
really built his entire political career on that. So you go back to he was head of the uh, head of SAG, the Screen Actors Guild, uh, in the fifties and sixties, and that was when like McCarthyism was taken off. So like he had to, um, you know, go before Congress and speak about like you know who's a card carrying member of the Communist Party, who is, who isn't, defend his people, also kind of give them some red meat, and uh, and but he was a very hardline anti-communist. Always. And he would do like these, like one of his jobs after his acting career in the Screen Actors Guild presidency kind of went away as he was working for General Electric. And he would kind of tour the country talking about the wonders of General Electric's products and then also be like, fuck the Soviet Union. And that was, and fuck communism is this evil thing. And that was really like his career. And he built those, that career up to the point where in the 60s, he became a viable because he was so visible and so anti-communist that he became a viable uh, candidate for governor of California, and he won, and he won re-election, and then he spent the next, I think it was, I think he ran for president three different times, and the third time is when he won. But that was so the Soviets were a dying empire, right? They're running out of money, and so the fear was, in a desperation move, that they would launch a nuclear war, and Reagan as a guy who was trying to take down the Soviet Union um, as one of his, like, political things, was, like, kind of stoking those flames. Like, he had all this detente all through the 60s and 70s where we're going to try to work together. Ah, you guys are out of grain. We'll lift the sanctions on grain. We'll get you guys some grain. You know, all these, all these things were, like, the, we would have an agreement. Hey, we're going to have anti-nuclear proliferation, and we'll give you this if you stop doing nuclear testing. And the Russians would always be like, ah, we're going to do our shit anyway. So they would always, they would habitually like break these agreements and no one ever really did anything about it because no one wanted things to escalate. So come 1983, Reagan's in office. They're afraid of this fucking cowboy. He is, um, like I said, very anti-communist, but he's also spending a gazillion dollars. On, on revamping our military, which hadn't been done to catch up to the Soviet Union, doing more um, nuclear weapons. And then that was when the microchip was invented. So the microchip was something the Soviets couldn't manufacture, they couldn't steal, and it allowed Reagan to talk about this thing called Star Wars, which is sort of sounds like maybe it was related to this missile defense thing that Will Hughes was in on. But Star Wars was a satellite system that allowed... Um, supposedly it could just send out basically fucking, if you look at like the graphics for it, that they would release kind of like almost commercials talking about it. It would just like laser beam these Soviet missiles, warheads that are in orbit on their way to New York in midair and send them off to space. Like it was just like, they would just never impact us. And that like terrified the Soviets because it's like, well then if we can't hit them and they can only hit us, we're in a position of weakness and so that was really one of those things, along with using the dollar as a weapon, that really, because the Soviets could, they, they tried to keep up with the spending, and it just collapsed the rest of their economy. Mm-hmm. So that was something that Reagan really did, and it it led to this hypertension moment in you know in the early '80s, where the United States and Soviet Union, when they had had like kind of more more peace, and we were also funding like the Mujahideen at that point, which were fighting the Soviets in Afghanistan. So there's a lot of like little Cold War flare-ups going on. So when this guy with top secret clearance 
for U.S. programs. He's in the Air Force for 10 years. He's a captain, and he's working on this missile defense. He goes to Europe and then never comes back. People are like, well, shit, he must be a fucking spy. And people start, so they have like a worldwide manhunt. He's wanted by, obviously, the Air Force. They had the FBI working on it. They had, you know, Interpol. I think we talked about that on something recently, too. But Interpol is like this, you know, international I think it's international police, Interpol. But you could put out these things where it's basically like, hey, if you find this guy in fucking Italy or Switzerland or Netherlands or South Africa or wherever, we have a you know a wanted poster out for him, basically arrest him and you extradite him back to the United States. So everybody's like combing the whole world looking for this guy and they do the investigation. And it's like, well, Will Hughes, he did come back to the United States. Um, after that trip to the Netherlands, and he went around to all these different ATMs all over uh, Albuquerque area, so 19 total, and took out $28,500 $28, in cash from 19 different ATMs. So be like, oh, that's fucking suspicious. Um, and then he was uh, officially declared as AWOL, you know, absent without leave, on August 10th, 1983. And so now it was like, you know, so the Air Force put out like a wanted poster for him. And that's how the Chicago Tribune and other media outlets got the story. And then they would question people in the Pentagon. They're like, you think this guy's a spy? And they're like, yeah, like we think we can't definitely can't rule it out. We think this guy might be a spy, a guy who has all these secrets and just whoosh, up and vanish one day with all his cash. And they're like, nobody knows where he is anywhere in the world. And what further heightened tensions and suspicion was that right after he left, France and the United States had been working on these different missile launches and, and satellite launches. And then there was also the, um, the uh, I can't remember the name of this, the space shuttle in 1986 that famously uh, blew up after, after launch. And people were trying to link... William Howard Hughes Jr. to the more so to the three failed orbit, you know, satellite orbit launches that were supposedly using the technology that he had worked on. So they're like, this guy's fucking sabotaging things. And they're like, well, he's probably worth his weight in gold was, was um, a Pentagon official was quoted in an article being like, yes, like, you know, he would, he would have the ability to impact these launches negatively by selling secrets to the Soviets that could hack in or do whatever and fuck up these satellite launches. So like the intensity to find him only grew from there. And, you know, but they never found him. There was like, this, they can't find this fucking guy anywhere. So by 1987, now you're into the era of like Gorbachev with the Soviet Union. And it's clear at this point that Reagan's plans, the really the, the Soviet communist system in general, it's it's on its way out. So like the Berlin Wall fell two years later. I think the Soviet Union officially dissolved in 1991. But the ball had been set in motion that this was going to happen. So with that, you know, it's like a lot changed in that four years from the time he disappeared. And then it was just like that story just kind of like disappeared in the news. Like this guy, like there, there's no more suspicions, like the hunt for him. It was not like they, you know, they, they did all the things. They questioned his whole family. His family's like, they had three younger sisters 
and they're all just like, you know, like we, we love Bill and like, we're devastated. Like we think he got abducted. Like he would never do this, this sort yeah. of thing. And they were, they just didn't know. They just had a beloved family member who always kept in touch one day, just vanished there. They was just, it was unthinkable to them that their brother would just disappear without saying anything. And they interviewed his friends and people at the air force base went through all his bank records, all this shit. And that's how they found out about the missing 28,000. And so, but, you know, the story never went anywhere. There's no more suspicions after, you know, the, the space shuttle in 86. And that was like the last like thing that he was supposedly theoretically linked to. And the story just died. And it was like, well, that's a fucking mystery. Like no one knows the answer to that. And then you fast forward to 2018 and the state department has their sights set on this guy named, um, Barry Timothy O'Byrne, B-O-P-E-I-R-N-E. And they show up at his house in Daly City, California, which is a suburb of San Francisco. They start questioning him because we, they, had, they were suspicious about his passport. They're like, we think that this is a fake passport. It's passport fraud. So apparently he had been traveling. And they're like, dude, like, who are you? Like, we, we know something's going on. And after some questioning, he's just like, I'm William Howard Hughes Jr. I defected from the Air Force, 1983. So this guy had been gone for like 35 years, okay? And then if so, they arrest him, okay? They arrest him for desertion. And look, I don't want to criticize the Air Force, the FBI, Interpol, Interpol, all these all these agencies that were looking for him. This fucking guy did not change his appearance. So much as one hair out of place. He looks exactly the same. Exactly the same. Like no one could find that guy. Nobody for 35 years. He like his haircut's the same. He's got the same fucking mustache. (laughs) You know, put a little effort in, dude. He looks exactly the same. He looks like an actor. I forget. It's blanking my mind though. It reminded me of um um, oh my God, I'm having a bad brain moment. The guy who we've done an episode on, he jumped out of the plane in Washington. Uh, you love the story. Yeah, D.B. Cooper. D.B. Cooper. Yeah. So it was like the D.B. Cooper thing. It, now, obviously, it was like police sketches and everything like that, but everyone's like, man, like D.B. Cooper, it could be this guy, it could be that guy, it could be, you know, whatever. This one is like, no, that person <laughs> can only be William Howard Hughes Jr. because he looks exactly the same down to his fucking haircut. It's crazy. It's preposterous you gotta pop this picture in here harry for the people watching yeah. on youtube he looks and it was like if you're trying to evade the fbi you would think that you would maybe dye your hair maybe mm-hmm. maybe buzz your hair maybe shave your mustache at least <laughs> nothing like i just watched uh within the last week it was on tv um the fugitive it was on amc and then I, it was on i think it was on hbo max or something too so i just watched that and it was like you know dr richard kimball when he was on the run, what yeah, did he yeah, do? Yeah. He shaved his beard. He dyed his hair. He changed his haircut. He did all these things. Such a good movie. Such a. It's like I'm trying to think of like great Chicago movies. That's up there. I, it might be number one. Yeah, I don't that's know what. Yeah. And so you know, Doctor Richard Kimball. Like that's that's how you evade the FBI in my brain. You do you do all that kind of stuff in the marshals. This guy did none of that. He was just like, nah, I got a new name now. I took out all <laughs> my money, bought a new identity, and he lived like he had a wife. 
his wife had no idea. It almost it sounds sort of like you never watch Mad Men, right? No. That's like one of the the major plot lines in Mad Men is that Don Draper deserted from um, the military in Korea when he, you know he was he left his you know he grew up poor and you know joined the military and then got found himself in Korea and was like holy fuck what am I doing here and he got himself out but like deserted and had to change his identity to do so and that's what it sounds like so this guy just said fuck this place I'm out of Albuquerque. And I'm going to move to California. Who knows who, if he had stops in between. They never really yeah. said. And, you know, if you desert the military, it's usually a big-time crime. If mm-hmm. it's a wartime desertion, punishable by death. And so this was not, even though it was the Cold War, it was not technically wartime. But if you desert, you get um, minimum, usually it's minimum five years no matter what time you desert. But this is like, it just makes no sense because he had been in the military for 10 years. So he could have just like resigned his commission and just be like, Hey, like done my time. I'm ready to move on and do something else. And he, but he didn't do that. He just up and vanished. And uh, so that's like, that's why it was deemed such a strange behavior. And people were like, well, he must be a spy because no reasonable person would just be like, I'm fucking out, not telling anybody and go through like you. So he had to resign, you know, like you, he could have been in line for a pension. If he st- I think you have to be in the military for 20 years and he was only in for 10. But once you get to that pension level, you get like, it's a pretty good nut that you get the rest of your life. Um, he was given a dishonorable discharge desertion, left his whole fucking family behind and started a brand new life. And like, when they ask him, like, you know, now in 2018, like, Why'd you do that? He goes, ah, I was depressed. I was just depressed. And I just, just want to get away. I just want to fucking get out of there. And, you know, he, but did not even think apparently to just do it like through the proper channels and, and quit. So you're not like a, a wanted fugitive where you have to change your identity and, and abandon your, your siblings <laughs> for 35 fucking years. And now I guess like he's going to get like, uh, like five months, I think is what they said he did. Five months, like he went through an appeals process, and they're like, "No, dude, but you don't have to do five years, but you have to serve five months in a military prison." But so now he's like this old guy, you know, he's probably <laughs> sixty-five something years old. No, he was born in nineteen fifty, so he's seventy-two now. So he was sixty-eight when they arrested him. Let's call it sixty-nine when he has to go into jail because he went through an appeals process. So it's like, what? Do you, like, what are you doing? And then they ask his neighbors, you know, like the classic story, like, what'd you know about this guy? And they're like, ah, he was quiet. Like he went to the gym, but he just like ran on the treadmill. Didn't really talk to anybody, which hand up. Like that would be me too. I don't want to fucking talk yeah, to anybody yeah, yeah. at the gym. And they're like, oh, he's a big Giants fan. Like just <laughs> loves it. The only thing he ever wants to talk about is San Francisco Giants. And it was like, you know, so then I'm thinking, you know what? Guy had a pretty good run. Yeah, because he was living in San Francisco as a Giants fan or some, you know, new identity. But he got to see all of Barry Bonds. He got to see the three World Series yep. in the 2010s. 
And you just have to go to jail for five months. Now, you could have done all of that. <laughs> and not had to worry <laughs> not, about that? Yeah. What, what an interesting dude, seeming that he's not like a crazy person. I think he's got to be a little nuts. Yeah, that's, yeah. What I, that's, what I, that's what I figured. But seeming like... But married for 30 years. But sometimes it's like, dude, that shit happens. You know, where people just pick up and then just like leave. And they'll just drive. To, I fantasize about it all the time. Yeah, just drive to fuck. Yeah, yeah, I know you just like... We might show up to do a podcast one Monday and you might be in Montana. You it's know? like the... Uh, the Goodwill Hunting thing. I want to show up here and just one day you'll just be gone. Yeah, and that's like, what like I get that. So yeah, I don't know. This is like a guy seemingly like he's like a little normal. I'd love to like talk to him. I'd me too. I'd love for him to write a book or something. Yeah, about how... we should see if we can find him on LinkedIn <laughs> yeah. or something. Timothy O'Byrne would be awesome. Yeah, but that's it. Is like I I'm not joking when I say like I have had that fantasy. Yeah, just being like you oh know yeah, throw... I think I think everyone has. Bro, Fucking like I sell have to. The... Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, how far do you think you would get? How long do you think you can take? You could keep. Where you, I'm talking, like change your name, the whole thing. Oh, I wouldn't go that far. I'm just saying, like leave the bullshit behind. Yeah, but like, I don't know, dude. It's, it's I don't just, know either. Yeah, it's too like I think because I couldn't do it to my mom. I think you'd quickly realize like what you were looking for. Like you just, just take a fucking vacation. You know what I mean? What yeah. you were looking for was not found through that act, but maybe it is. Maybe it was for people. Like there's. There's definitely people who move to different countries and do that. Yeah. See, I always wonder about that, too. Because I started, uh, I used to get all these, like, emails. I don't know how it started from, uh, like, the New Zealand New Zealand Immigration Board. And they're like, you qualify for, like, these four jobs. And they were, like, bullshit jobs. It was, like, oh, a marketing executive. Like, you don't have anybody in fucking New Zealand who can do this job to get, like, you have to import somebody from America to do that. It just made me think that you know maybe I should just fucking move to New Zealand, or and I you know like this was this was probably like 2018 when I was like that job I had that company I had was going in the shitter, and I was just like just had you know like single, you know I don't have any like real obligations here. Maybe I'll just fucking go and live in a different country for a while. Yeah, and just and then see how it goes. And then Dave Portnoy offered us, so I was like, well, I guess I'll stay. <laughs> No, that was that was basically the timeline. I won't go to New Zealand. Yeah. I won't go to. I was either going to go to Oregon, and I was thinking seriously about New Zealand. That would have been a very yeah, interesting. But alternate. I, I had accepted an offer in in Oregon. Alternate but, life. Yeah. You now you just come here, talk about shit like this, and yeah, have a taco once in a while. That's and, yeah, you know, that's uh, that's, that's where this whole fantasy like falls apart for me. A, I don't know how I'd make money anywhere else. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. And I'm sure I could, like, figure that out, but that's a problem. And then I think it's like, well, what would you do if you're living in a different country? You know, like, you have this other life. I'm like, I don't know, probably be on the Internet, like, looking at bullshit. And it's just, yeah. you know, so it's like, wow. Well, I, 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 I just, like, watch every show. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't. I don't have any, you know, yeah. hobbies or ambitions. Yeah. So, uh, so it's tough. It's tough. But I do like the idea of just maybe I should just take a vacation. I haven't had, like, a real vacation like I've done little weekend getaways. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've had a real vacation since 2016. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe so it's time. I think it might be time. Might be time, Chief. Um, did, wait, did we know what his family, like, did his family know? No. Oh, so no. he didn't even tell them. No, he oh, just. He was, dude, this guy was fucking. Yeah. So he, he was, and he said, time. like, I was, you know, I was depressed. And you're like, what are you depressed about? He was he big time going through it. Big time. Yeah. And I, I wonder if it was like, you know, he went on this trip. And it seemed like that was like his breaking point. So go to the Netherlands. And I wonder if it was just like I can imagine. I can I can imagine being 
someone who's effectively got their finger on the button. You know, not not directly, not directly, but if like a nuclear war started, and he's like, so I wrote the code or whatever his job was that ended up killing millions and millions of people. That would weigh on me. Mm-hmm. That would weigh on me. Yeah. But knowing how I am, I would probably be like, hey, I just can't do this anymore. May I, can I leave now? And they would say, yes. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. here's your, I, here's your debriefing. Had enough. Yeah. And because you'd put 10 years in, so you can, mm-hmm. you can just kind of up and leave. So, yeah. Uh, so that was kind of crazy, but I also, you know, I, I don't hate the move entirely. Yeah. Well, shout out to this dude. Good luck in, uh, good luck at the can. I, yeah, I think he's probably out by now. Oh yeah, it's over. Yeah, um, five months. All right then, Chief. Thank you. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. I think maybe we might do a doc review at some point this week, either tomorrow or Thursday. Um, so look out for that. Also, um, we are going to put the uh, black sock test to. Uh, what do you think about that? We're going to have the. I don't know about this. I don't we're, think... we're doing the sniff test. Do you? Th- I think black socks smell worse than white socks. Like I just think like the, like it's just heavier. So you're thinking, and you're talking like well worn. Yes, I'm They've saying like through the yeah. Cycle. If you wore one black sock, one white sock, I think the black sock would smell worse. And we're talking, does it have? So it has to be both athletic socks. Yeah, same exact sock. Because I, th- I do think that dress socks. Well, at least I have a theory because I would just not. I would f- probably not wash those as much. Mm-hmm. Like because I would. I feel like I was always scrambling when I used to have to wear dress socks all the time. So I just like pick them off the floor, and you never really know when they're dirty because they're dark. Mm-hmm. Or white socks. I. I don't know about you. I can't get them clean. I've never been able to do that my entire White life. White socks? Yep. Yeah, that's very hard. Once you wear them once, they're dead. Very hard. So I've always said I'll, uh, I, if I were a billionaire, I would have a new fresh pair of socks every single day for the rest of my life. That's. I think that's what Allen Iverson used to do. He used to buy go on road trips and just buy clothes and never bring anything. <laughs> he ended up right. He doesn't have any money issues, right? <laughs> yeah, he's fine. Yeah. So we're putting it to a test. I'm gonna we're we're giving Hannah one sock, and then we're gonna try to get some. Uh, some I don't some, think her socks are gonna smell though. Um, that's why I don't know where she's at. She's supposed to be here right now. I was gonna get her socks and where she's supposed to wear it for like 24, 48 hours, the same pair, and then we're gonna have someone off the street smell her feet. So, but I feel like the only way this is a real test, the guy who has to dirty up the socks is, is Dave. You think so? Yes. They got to be. I feel like well, Hannah's Dave's like no, this little dainty yeah, girl. Yeah, Dave's no smellier than like the next person. Or you or I. Yeah. But like it's. I don't know, it's just, yeah, but it's a hard sell to get someone off the street to smell my feet or, or your feet or Dave's feet or Dave. Yeah, but you might use get someone to smell Hannah's feet and might end up with a stalker situation. Yeah. Well, we got Harry here. He'll be able to block him out. So we'll be fine. Okay, well, at least the at least the assault <laughs> will be on camera. <laughs> um, all right, then. Thanks, everybody, for listening. That's it for today. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. We will see you then.